Before we get into today's podcast, just wanted to remind everyone, if you haven't already and you're a listener of the podcast, make sure you go over to the iTunes podcast app, drop a rating, leave a comment, you know, anything, uh, because guys, your 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 ratings, your comments is really what's going to help grow this podcast, what's going to make it better, and what's going to make it better for everybody to listen to. So I would appreciate it. It would mean the world to me. Uh, and we're just going to continue making this podcast better. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Av Geek Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Colin, the chief Av Geek, aviation maniac, or whatever you want to call me. Welcome back, everyone. I hope everybody is ready for another episode of the Av Geek Chronicles. Today, doing a solo pod by myself. We've uh, we've released a lot of good uh, Ask the Av Geek shows recently, and if you didn't catch it last week. I had a very special guest on for another episode of the Ask the Ab Geek show, brought in Kayla McLeod, introduced her to all of Ab Geek Nation, and Kayla joined us all the way from Georgia, and she's actually one of the youngest guests I've featured so far uh, on this podcast, but let me tell you, if you go listen to her story, she already boasts an incredible, incredible aviation uh, resume. I mean, she's a private pilot, member of the AOPA flyby crew, uh, communications coordinator for Triple Tree Aerodrome. Uh, Liberty Foundation tour coordinator and is doing this all while being a university student at the University of West Georgia. So it's really, really incredible. And I just love all the stories I get to chronicle on these episodes of the Ask the Ab Geek show. Um, but if you didn't listen to last week's episode after today's, make sure you go back, give it a listen. I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy Kayla's story. But uh, in other news, guys, it has been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks in the uh, the news of aviation and particularly not very good news or news you want to see if you're inside um, the industry. Uh, but unfortunately, as we all know, you know, there was a very, very terrible accident here, you know, just south uh, outside of Texas uh, in the Gulf. Um, and unfortunately, there was a, it was an Atlas Air 767 that went down uh, in the Gulf and killed three members uh, of the crew on board. And those crews were identified as Captain Rick Blakely, Conrad Aska, and Sean Archuleta. You know, it's just sad. You feel for them. You feel for their friends. You feel for their business. Uh, and most important, I mean, just their families I can't imagine what is going through um, their heads. I mean, to hear that one of them was just, you know, commuting to work, that's it, or commuting home from work. Um, and just, you know, it's just super, super sad to to hear those stories. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's just something that we as aviators have to get behind, you know, and then you have that story um, and everything that's coming out, you know, they just found the black boxes and everything. And then just this last week, you know, you have the big HAI show going on in Atlanta this week. Um, and an Arista UH-60 was on its way to uh, HAI to be showcased. Uh, and it went down. And there's two pilots that are in stable um, but were not in great condition when they were pulled out um, of the uh, of the helicopter. So it's just sad to see this, you know, just like I said, you feel for their families, you feel for their friends, just everyone associated with them, because this is, it's just a reminder that what we all do in aviation is very inherently dangerous. Um, every time you step in the cockpit or anytime you step foot in the shop or, you know, you're working as a mechanic, it doesn't matter what you're doing in aviation. Aviation is inherently 
a dangerous industry, but it's one of the best industries out there. So, you know, there's a level of risk involved, but we just, you know, we, we can't take life for granted. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and you just got to be thankful for really being able to do these types of things in aviation day in and day out. So we just kind of want to take a brief moment of silence uh, and just remember those three pilots uh, of the Atlas Air. All right, everybody. So what are we talking today about? Well, I had a very, very interesting, uh, interesting question from a listener that I think it strikes with a lot of young aviators. And the reason why I say that is because anybody flying has to deal with this issue. And that's the issue around money and what it's like to have to pay for your own flight training. I mean, guys, it's it's just something you have to do. Um, flying is not free. Uh, flying, it costs a lot of money. It's not cheap unless you own your own plane, unless your family has an airplane, um, you know, and it's not coming out of your pocket. The vast majority of people, uh, they have a tough time figuring out how to pay for flying. And so this was a really good topic because I don't think I've really gone deep into it. And now that I've built a solid base uh, of guests from my Ask the Ave Geek show, I thought this was a really good question to tag also onto them and get some of their responses. And so I did. Uh, and we'll discuss some of those today. But I got a really interesting question from a listener um, on uh, on Instagram. They DM'd me. And, you know... This doesn't really just have to do with fixed wing. Uh, this actually is a student um, who's doing their helicopter training. But they said, hey, man, I just thought of an episode suggestion. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and is it worth it to finance helicopter training, to move through training quickly and get a job? I did my private helicopter paying out of my pocket as I went, but painfully lived paycheck to paycheck the entire time. Moving to instrument and commercial next, I'm wondering about a loan. I'm young, no family or girlfriend to support, and I live at home with my parents. So I'm thinking to knock it out quick and work my way up to decent paying jobs before having a family to support. Crazy for thinking that? Just a, suge just a suggestion. I'd love to hear more. And I basically told him, I said, man, that's a home run of a topic. Um, I think we really need to touch on that. And it's crazy because it's, I, I really think it's different from the, uh, from the fixed wing side and the helicopter side. And the reason why I say that is because it's, it's basically, you know, two times the cost to get your private helicopter license as it would be to get your uh, private fixed wing license. At least if I wanted to do it, probably it's going to pretty, pretty much cost me two, two X of what my private uh, pilot's license on the fixed wing side cost me. So though he asked about the rotorcraft side, I'm actually going to break this episode up into two sections. So my next episode, when we talk about uh, the helicopter aspect of financing and answering this question, because I do, again, think it's different from the fixed wing side. Uh, I'm going to bring in, again, my good friend uh, and good personal uh, advisor, Eli, Eli Malloy. We're going to we're gonna sit down and talk about this topic and see his opinion um, on it, because bringing somebody who's an actual helicopter operator and has been doing this now for a living, I think he'll be able to offer some really good commentary uh, on this question. But I'm going to take this question and answer it from the fixed wing side 
because, you know, I think a lot of people out there are pretty much wondering, you know, how do people do this? So I'm going to kind of break down that in my experience and kind of how I feel about it. And then I'm going to bring in the opinions and commentary of my uh, of some of the past guests that I've had here on the Ask the Geek show. So in all, this is a very serious topic. It's something that all aviators have to think about because aviation, again, it's not free. It's very, you know, for the most part, it's expensive when you think about how many hours you have to get to get your ratings. Um, it can it can stress people out. It can give people a lot of uh, anxiety and, you know, people question if they want to do it or not because of the cost. Um, now, in the end, I do have a private. I'm starting my, I'm doing my instrument. Um it's worth it 100%. You know, it, it's crazy that you would put so much money into it. But for people that are seriously, seriously, you know, they want to get involved. They, they're they so passionate about it. This is what they want to do. When they attain it, it's 100% worth it. And I, I can't think of anybody out there that would say, I regret paying all this money and getting my pilot's license. I don't think anybody really out there is saying that. Maybe there is, and I just need to know about it. But uh, I don't. So... You know, it, it's a very valid question. Um, you know, it costs me around nine to ten thousand dollars for my private. Um, you know, and how did people do that? Well, I'll kind of fill you in on you know what I did to afford flying and how I'm doing instrument and, and everything. So, there's a couple things you can do. You can um, you can take out loans. You can go, you know, there's a lot of flight schools out there, especially you do, I don't know, part 141. Um, they'll help you get loans. You can, you know, it's, it's not something that, you know, everybody can do because unfortunately with loans, you have to qualify for them. Um, a lot of people think they can just go out and get a loan. Now, today's world, banks are kind of lenient. They really, really are. I mean, it's, man, people are going into debt like crazy uh, because banks are, you know, being very, very lenient on the rules uh, of lending. And I don't want to call it predatory lending, but, you know, they're offering a little higher interest rate and they're giving you uh, the money you need. Now, is it saying that you cannot pay back your loan in aviation? Well, if you keep your head on straight and you do it for a job, um, you know, and you pay it back just like any responsible person would do with a loan, then, you know, maybe it's not a bad idea. Uh, but unfortunately, the biggest hurdle that people have with taking out loans is they just don't qualify it. They don't have the credit score. They don't have the credit history. Uh, and banks just won't lend them the the massive amount of money that you need uh, for to get all the pilot ratings. Um, I mean, just for example, right? Like if you look at a school like ATP, if you want to do the fast track, the quick fast track, you know, to a CFI and then start teaching and making money, um, which by the way, I mean, right now average is like forty, forty-five thousand dollars $45,000 a year. Um, so that's putting you, you know, on the low side, but it's still nice to be making money. Um, just school alone in the year, basically, you're going to, pay dollars $50, $55, if you're starting at zero hours. That's how much those schools cost. It just does. Um, and it's just my opinion, but I feel like a lot of those schools, um, they kind of, they know, uh, and they know the average person is going to have to go out and get a loan. And that's their only option because that's a lot of money for somebody to pay. Um, and it's possible for you to go out there. It's just something that you kind of have to I, I think loans are kind of a last resort. That's what I think. Um, if you really are trying to do this and you're trying to go in there um, and, and fast track, you know, you need to start 
really going down your list of options of how to attain money. So going out and getting a loan because of all the stipulations um, that are involved in the things that the, uh, a bank is going to look at uh, to you, um, you know, in order to give you the loan, eh, it's a lot of work and it's <laughs> they're going to pick you apart. Um, and if you do get a loan, the bad thing is, is you have to pay this thing called interest and interest accrues over time. So as you pay down your loan, your loan is actually going to be bigger. The amount that you pay back is going to be much bigger because of something called interest. And I feel like, man, a lot of people don't realize how much interest will actually cost you. Now, again, it's, it's your cost benefit analysis. And that's why I, for me, put it down, um, as kind of a last resort loans are last resorts for me. Um, but loans can be, you know, they can be helpful if you really want to do this. Um, and there's actually, I think you guys will be surprised at some of my guests, um, in their, well, what they think, but a lot of them said, Hey, if you want to do this fast, you know, taking loans might not be a bad idea. Um, but for me, I think it's a last resort. You know, I'm not doing this to be an airline pilot. Um, I'm doing this to attain my ratings, you know, for the work I do. And so I just don't see going out and taking out $50,000 worth of loans as something really particularly, uh, you know, intriguing to me. I I just (laughs) putting myself $50,000 in debt after I'm just about out of, uh, my own college debt, paying that back. Uh, it's just something that I just don't feel like putting myself more and more into, uh, into debt. And the thing about pilot debt, you know, compared to something like, uh, like your university schooling, I, for my student loan debt that I had in school, it was federal, it was a federal, basically a federal loan. And that loan can be paid out over a long period of time. Um, and I, I'm actually ahead. I'm almost done. I will, you know, I'll have it paid before 10 years, which is for a lot of people, pretty incredible. But that's because, you know, I, you know, I wanted to, I made it important, you know, a piece of, an important piece of, you know, my financial goals to pay that back. Um, and that's what I'm doing. And that's what I'm focusing on. But that's not as bad as going out and trying to take out a loan because it's an, you know, it's, it's basically a private loan. Um, and they're very, very much different. And the terms of those loans, you know, might only extend to 10 years. It doesn't, you know, it's just the type of loan that you have to basically go to a bank and get. Um, so the stip, you, you know, the stipulations and the rules around these loans are very, very tight and they will put you in a tight money bind. Um, but if this is something that you're super passionate about, it is an option. Um, but it's my opinion that if you're, you know, if you're just doing this to do this and you're just trying to slowly make your way, I don't know if taking out massive amount of debt is the smartest thing to do. But if you're trying to fast track this, I'm going to actually defer to some of my professionally piloted friends uh, who are doing this for a living and who have kind of given me their opinion. Uh, and we're going to talk about that here in a little later. Um, I think their answer will uh, make you a little happier than my answer uh, just was. So from the student loan perspective, it's not hot for me. Um, it's on the bottom of my list. Uh, so we'll move on to the next one, which is you can work work to pay your, uh, your flight training. I mean, you can work at schools. You can work at airports. You can, you know, pay as you go. Um, and the simple, you know, the simple way you pay as you go is you have to live within your means. Uh, because flying is expensive, you 
can't be driving fancy cars, living in fancy places, and expect to finish all your ratings in a year. That's just not going to happen. Um, and so, you know, if you want to pay as you go, just like this, you know, the listener was doing, you may have to live paycheck to paycheck to, to make it by. And unfortunately, that's just the that's just the downside that comes with being in the aviation world, getting your pilot's license. It's, it's expensive. Um, but if it's something you want to do, you have to make that sacrifice in order to get where you want to go. You might have to live within your means. You might have to downsize your car. You might have to downsize your apartment. You might have to move home. You might have to take an extra job to be able to afford flying. It's just, it's just, it's just what you got to do. I mean, I picked up selling stuff on the side and I guess we'll move into that. So you can, you can kind of work, uh, you know, to finish this topic, you can go out and work at airports. You can work at flight schools and some of these flight schools, if you work at them, they'll actually help you pay for training as well. So there's multiple ways of doing it, but working in airports are a great way. Cause not only, you know, okay, we'll say a line person, right? Like you could work as a line person, making an hourly rage. You can work in the morning and then you could train in the afternoon. You're at the airport. You're always there. You're around aircraft. You're around pilots. You're around people. You're always hearing the lingo. Even outside of training while you're working, you're kind of getting training. So it's not always a bad thing. And there's a lot of people. I ran into somebody here in Fort Worth. They worked at the line at the Texas jet FBO that I fly into every once in a while. And that line agent was actually going through their pilot's license as well. And, you know, there's multiple people out there that do it. They just do. So they work at airports and they fly train. And the reason why they work at airports is because they're always there. They're always learning. And maybe the place that they work at could be helping them pay for their own flight training as well. You never know. You just have to do the research and you have to figure it out. Um, so, you know, that's another option if you want to fly and, you know, doing this, if you want to try to do it for a living, um, it's just another avenue. Another avenue, if you want to do, you know, flying professionally, if you want to make all your ratings, another way is this, and this is a way that I kind of did it as well, because I was not big on going to a bank. I didn't want to go to a bank. I didn't want to put myself in a loan. I didn't want that loan to hit my credit report. I didn't want to have to pay the high interest that I was going to probably have to pay if I went to the bank. Uh, and it's, it's, it's this. And maybe your parents, uh, unfortunately, you know, may not have the means uh, of doing this. Um, but it may be a question to ask them is, you know, it's the same question that I asked my parents. I want to do this. This is how much it's going to cost. Can we set up a payment plan where I pay you an interest rate? And it's basically you're investing in me. And that's what I, that's how I set it to them. Um, and we laid out a plan. We laid out a payment plan of what it was going to cost, uh, how much I was going to pay back every single month. And I basically asked them for the loan. I didn't ask them for the money. I didn't ask them to pay for it. I said, hey, I want a loan from you. Can you loan me the money at said interest rate and I will pay you back? And that's exactly what I'm doing. And not only are they going to be getting their money back because I get to pay them over time, but they're going to be making an interest rate. So then it's an investment that they'll be actually making money on. So instead of investments that may not be making money right now just because of the economy, they could be making an interest rate. And guess what? It doesn't hit your credit report. But, you know, I'm very fortunate to have parents that are very, very supportive. Uh, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, but they have the means of being able to do that. 
And it's not like you're going out. I'm not going to my family and asking for $50,000. That's just, (laughs) they're not going to do that. They're just not going to do that. Um, but this was something that, you know, they knew I'm super passionate about. They knew this is what I want to do. Uh, and they were very, very supportive of that, but it came with, you know, very strict rules, uh, on my payment plan. And if I missed payments, I was basically, they were basically my bank. Um, it was basically bank Hodges. And so if I don't pay back, I will suffer the consequences, unfortunately. Um, so I have to stick with the, the rules that we, you know, that we drew out. Um, but it was just another way for me that I deployed uh, so I didn't have to go to a bank. But unfortunately, again, I'm not doing this in a fast track system. I'm not doing this to become an airline pilot at American. Uh, I'm doing this, you know, to build up my ratings in order to to work in this industry. Uh, so that's another way if you, you know, if you want to bring this up to your parents, your family or your friends, this is a great way uh, of doing it. Saying I need the money. Can you loan it to me and I'll pay you back on this interest rate? And so it's an investment that you're making in me that you'll be making money on. Will it work for everybody? No, it will not. But if you, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have families um, that can do this type of thing and they don't want to give you the money, but you actually flip it around and say, hey, this isn't you giving me the money. It's actually you loaning me the money and making a return on the money. Um, So not only if it's family, they're not just you know, making a return because you're happy what you're doing and you're, in, you know, you're increasing your education and you're making it further in the aviation industry, but you're actually making a return on the money that people invest you. Um, so that's a great way. The last way that I think I talked about in a recent podcast episode, how to afford flight training is you could start selling stuff like my God, there is people buy the dumbest, dumbest stuff in the world. I, I like, I just can't figure out what I think is junk. Somebody else thinks is treasure. I mean, I'll go into my eBay app right now. I'm going to open up my eBay app. I literally, my wife, she keeps making fun of me because the closet that I have upstairs in the office is so disgusting and dirty. Um, it's just stored with a bunch of stuff since we moved. Uh, it's all packed up in boxes, but it's taking up a huge closet. I literally pulled some stuff out that I thought I knew I could sell on eBay. I went on there, looked what people were selling it for, looked what people had sold the same item for. And I've literally made $100. For one hour of work, I've made $100 just by selling stuff. I mean, for example, we go over here. I had a, let's go to my soul tab. I had a Need for Speed PS3 Sony PlayStation. This was from 2006. So this was while I was in high school. I had this video game, literally, still open today. In, in uh, Never opened it. It's still in the packaging. Sold it for 12 bucks. Great. That was a gift. Uh... I had this, this was the crazy one, guys, like literally the craziest one. I got a lanyard, an Oakley lanyard for free. I can't remember where I got it. Um, I used to use it in my high school for my keys. You know, everybody had the lanyard. Um, I sold that online. It's an Oakley, uh, Oakley lanyard. I sold that for $26 plus shipping. $26 for something that I got for free just because I posted it on eBay and I sold it. I mean, that's the kind of silly money that you can make by just selling some of your stuff and putting it towards flying. You're getting rid of something you don't touch. It doesn't bring you joy. You can sell it, get the money and pay for flying. It's just like crazy. And it doesn't take that much time. Literally you download the eBay app, post it, boom, money. I tell you, it's the easiest way to make money. Um, is it a lot of money? Maybe not, but guess what? Money pays for gas. I mean, 26 bucks for me is almost a tank. That's pretty much an hour's 
hours worth of fuel uh, in my club plane. So that's one hour that I get to to get to go out and uh, buy fuel for. But there's also other thing. You can go pick up stuff for free. And you can do the same thing. You can post it on Facebook. You can post it on eBay. That's another way uh, that you can avoid taking out loans uh, in order to pay for flight training. So there's some different things that you can do. Um, You can also go get scholarships. And scholarships are kind of the last thing that I want to talk about. Scholarships are a great way to avoid loans, especially if you're young. This works for people that are young, that may be in high school, maybe in college, because there's a lot of loan programs um, that people are starting to put out, loan programs, excuse me, um, uh, scholarship programs that people are offering you if you apply that they almost pay for like your whole private, basically. I mean, there's so many scholarship opportunities out there that it's why would you take out money before trying to get a scholarship? So try the scholarships. You can go out to AOPA. You can literally just go to Google and type flight training scholarships. Like literally go to Google, type that in, and you're going to get a whole list of stuff. I've done it. I literally had a folder probably stacked with 15 different scholarships uh, last year that I could have applied for. So, you know, don't just think you have to go out and get a loan. You, You really don't just have to go get a loan. It depends on the type of flying you want to get into. Uh, and if you're going to try to do it professionally, you can also go to school, make it part of your university. Now, the caveat is that's probably going to be really expensive, too, because not only are you paying for your college, but you're also paying for your flight training. So that's two charges. You're paying your tuition and you're paying your flight cost. I mean, just for example, at Embry-Riddle, I mean, it's going to cost you something like 20 grand just to get your private. That's insane. I can get my I can get my private, my commercial and my instrument for that cost. And they're going to charge you that for your instrument. Do I know that for sure? No, I just heard that from somebody that was at the school and that's how much they said it was pretty much going to cost them. So that's just hearsay from uh, somebody inside the school. So for me, it's you can go to school, you can do it a part of your federal loans and you can pay your loans when you come out of school. You can sell stuff. You can sell stuff while you're working, while you're training, and it's going to help you pay for training. The other thing is you can go to your parents not and basically seek a loan from them because they're, you know, your family or your friends, they can loan you money and then you can pay them back over a set period of time, giving them the interest and it's an investment they're making in you and you don't have to go to a bank and do it. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people are afraid to ask their family to do something that they're very, very passionate about. And I think in today's age, I think a lot of young kids need to have, you know, basically the kahunas to tell their parents, this is what I want to do. Can you help me? It took me a very long time. I didn't think I'd be able to do it because my parents have given me so much, but it was something I was super passionate about. I asked them, I said, please make this investment in me. I will pay you back with this much money. And that's what's happening. And I think if you try it with your own family, you might be you might be astonished at the results. Um, and then the last, you know, the last way, and the, what I consider kind of the last bit, um, last resort is go out and get a loan. There's a lot of loans out there that you could get. They, uh, you know, some offer longer extended payment periods than others. Um, some don't. Some are five years. Some are ten years. You know. Some offer this interest rate. Some offer that interest rate. But there's a lot of loan programs out there that are going to get you with those interest rates, and they're going to have harsher, harsher rules um, than any of the other payment methods of working, of asking people for money, of selling things. I mean, there's just a lot of different ways to go out there and find money 
uh, to fly if you want to try to do this for a living. So from the fixed wing side, that's kind of my list of ways that I would personally pay um, for flying, and that's what I'm doing. So what do my guests think of paying for flying? So I asked a few guests that I had on the Ask the Ave Geek show because they're all pretty much working pilots, and you know I wanted to get their take on it. So one of the first people I asked uh, was Mark. You can find him out there on Instagram at World of Mark. He was a great guest. He lives here in the Fort Worth area, but he's now out flying around across the globe uh, with Quest uh, aircraft. You know, he's flying the Kodiak everywhere. Uh, Saw he was in Asia. Now he's in Australia. He's just everywhere. So I asked him the question and I said, I would really love to hear your thoughts. And I'll talk about this on the upcoming episode. And this is what he said. He said, just really depends on what the ultimate goal is. I had to take out some loans to finance flight training. It's certainly not the worst thing in the world. Helps you get through it quicker, but you can still also enjoy the ride. Potentially, you have to weigh the options. You got to weigh the return and the quicker you start making money, the better. I'd probably recommend getting the commercial ASAP. That way, uh, this individual can start at least legally making money while flying. So Mark had a really interesting story. If you go back to his episode, he'll tell you that he did have to take out some loans uh, in order to finance flight training, but he also had some help along the way. He lived at home. He didn't have to pay for living and uh, family, you know, helped out. His, his now wife was also going through the same thing. They did this all together. Um, so their situation, it worked that way and they were able to start flying and paying back those loans. And you know, though it was a while ago and maybe the loan situations were different for him, it looks like it has worked out. And now it's, I mean, for him, it's probably say it was worth the payoff because in reality, guys, like it's not that much, you know, are loans a bad thing? No, I make them sound so negative because it's just my opinion. Um, but loans help people get the education they need. But in all reality, $50,000 in loans, is better than some of the money, you know, we'll call it a million dollars worth of student loan debt that maybe a doctor will put themselves into. I mean, it's different. Aviation, I'll call it aviation debt. Aviation debt may be a little bit different than other debt, but you have to weigh the options on what you really want to do. If you're just going to take out 50 plus thousand dollars worth of loans, go get everything and not do a thing, that's not smart. That's going to put you in financial trouble. Uh, but according to Mark, um, you know, maybe getting loans is not such a bad thing after all. Another guest I interviewed on the Ask the Have Geek show, Pilot Sergio. Everybody loved this episode. This was one. This was the most listened to episode on the Ask the Have Geek show. And Sergio said, as I said the same, I said, hey, man, what's your thoughts on this question? I really want to answer this for the guests. And he said, absolutely. The investment is definitely worth it. It will repay in the long term. I would find a flight school that provides quality, cost-effective training and try to cut down the cost as much as possible. Explain to them your financial situation. Get a CFI that can provide a realistic time frame to get the course done based on your availability and projected completion costs. That was really interesting because I said, you know what, that's a, <coughs> that's a good way to put it. You know, if you're in a bind, if you're in a money bind, tell the flight school ahead of time and make sure that flight school is right for you. Finding the right flight school and fly, finding the right flight um, 
instructor is so, so important, not just in training, but controlling your cost. You definitely don't want an instructor that's just going to start pulling your strings and making you fly more than you have to, uh, making you pay more than you have to. Um, it's just not going to, it's just not going to be a win-win situation for you. So you have to really scope out a good flight instructor, a good flight school and make sure they're working with you you not working, you know, not you working for them, them working for you to find the right way to pay for flight training. So that was some really good input uh, by Sergio. Uh, and I guess he's really uh, supportive of the of the of the loan route um, as well. Uh, let's see. I think I got one more question. Uh, one more answer. I reached out to a few of uh, our guests, but I know we don't have all day, so I'll keep this short. So another person I asked was Aaron, Aaron David, my lovely friend from Canada. We become really, really good friends. We had him on uh, a couple weeks ago with Brandon. We were talking type rating training, and this guy's already flying a Gulfstream. You know, when when most uh, of us Americans are still flying our single engines with our commercial ratings. Um, so I asked the same question to him, and this is his response. He goes, hey, man, I think this is an awesome subject and one that I get asked frequently. He says, I'm always hesitant giving advice on this matter as I was very fortunate enough to not take on any debt throughout my training. Therefore, I don't want to lead people to a decision that they will regret. That being said, this industry is all about seniority, and I believe when it comes down to it, for every month it takes you longer to get into the industry, that is one month you are forfeiting at the top of the pay for top seniority spot at airlines. Sometimes a single seniority number can be the difference of months and theoretically years between an upgrade in position or machine. Most importantly, however, I think everyone should do an analysis about what their income will be realistically after they have all their ratings and what their capacity to live and pay pay down debt will be. Lastly, I believe anyone doing it this way should really try and reduce costs by renting block time, sharing sharing hours, etc. He said this was a fantastic question and he really wishes more people would talk about this subject. And that was, I mean, that was such a thoughtful yeah, answer. You know, we, we just did this over Instagram direct messaging. We were all messaging each other. Um, so, you know, trying to type out a really, really thoughtful answer is a little different than answering it on podcasts like we've done in these episodes. But it goes to show that if you're really trying to do the airline route and that's the route you want, that's the unfortunate thing about airlines is seniority has so much to do with about, you know, how much you're going to get paid. It's not like the business world that you know, it's about your work ethic and where you want to go and, you know, applying for different jobs and making your way up. No, it's all about your seniority spot. It's all about taking that ticket. And when you hold that ticket and you start flying, your ticket is your, basically your pay scale and your ability to get to more planes. Um, and so that, you know, for more, most people that it could be a big deal on why you go out and get a loan versus trying to, you know, just pay as you go. Um, but Aaron had a lot of good things to say in there. I mean, like he said, he admitted that, you know, he didn't have to take on all that debt. He went and got his commercial. He went and started working for uh, a private airline, private airline, excuse me, a charter, uh, charter organization flying the King Air. And now he flies the G280. Um, so he, he had comes at it a little different angle, but guys, it's really what, you know, it comes down to how you're going to make the decision. It's what you're comfortable with. I'm not comfortable 
taking out $55,000 in loans to finish all my stuff. You might be comfortable with taking $55,000 worth of loans to finish your flight training. That's why me and you are different people. I will take a different route to afford flying if you want to take a loan. That's fine. I'm not going to judge you for doing that. I just don't. I'm just not the financial risk taker to do something like that. Um, so you really have to look at yourself. You have to look at your goals. And you may want to ask other people. I mean, reach out to these people. Reach out to Aaron. If you want to reach out to him, he's at the pilot Aaron. If you want to reach out to Sergio, reach out to him. He's at pilot, P-I-L-O-T dot Sergio, S-E-R-G-I-O. If you want to reach out to Mark, Mark is always on social media. You can find him at World of Mark. You can literally reach out to anybody on social media through the DM. You know, it's the path of least resistance. Everybody checks their Instagram. And when you get to your Instagram, what's on the front upper side page? It's your message box. And that little thing lights up and you see your DMs. I get them all the time. So if you're not sure, go out and find a pilot. Ask what they did. Most pilots are not going to be afraid of telling you what they did. But if somebody's going to come to me and say, hey, I'm thinking about this. You know, I'm thinking about going to this school. It's a pilot factory. It's going to pump me out. They're promising me this and that. I would say first thing, do your research. Because a lot of, you know, it's, that's the unfortunate thing about this industry is there's a lot of places that have empty promises. They say one thing and you get down the road two years later and you're, what the heck? This is not what you promised. And I paid all this money. So you really, really have to do your research. I mean, this is a big investment that you're going to be making. If you want to fly commercially, if you want to do this for a living, and you want to pay out this money in order to get your ratings, you really, really got to think about it. I mean, you have to do your deal. You can't just do it. You can't wing it because you could end up, you know. For example, there was a flight school here in my hometown of Fort Worth that literally closed down. People lost thousands and thousands thousands of dollars lost in flight training because this flight school basically took their money uh, and didn't give it back. And then when they reopened, they had the audacity to tell people, yeah, okay, we'll give you a refund, but the only way we'll give you a refund is if you come and fly with us. That's ridiculous. And I tell you guys, it happens more often than not in the aviation industry. And it's a sad, sad thing. Uh, So you really got to do your due, due diligence if you want to fly commercially, if you want to do this for a job and it's going to require you to get all these ratings. So that's kind of some interesting feedback that I got some of my, from some of my listeners. And I, you know, I even reached out to uh, my last guest. I said, Kayla, you know, I'm asking all my guests, you know, what they think about this. And this was actually her question, uh, her answer to my question. I said, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. I want to talk about it on my next episode. What do you think? She said, "Wow, excellent question. It's a question I'm currently have to deal. I'm having to deal with myself. I'd love to have some time to compile my thoughts on that question. Though we've talked a lot, and I know we're already uh, we're getting a little long on the episodes. So we'll kind of cut it here. But this is definitely a very hard question that you have to think about yourself. You have to think about your future financial position in the aviation industry uh, if you're going to do something like go out and take loans out. You really, really have to think about your future self, what your future plans are, um, because by going out and doing something like taking out a loan, you're, you're giving, I mean, you're, you're going to put a massive little mark on your credit history by going out and taking that loan, because that loan 
It doesn't have any collateral put to it. So it's a little different than going out and getting a mortgage. It's a little different than going out and getting a car payment. You're going out and seeking a personal loan in order to uh, fund your flight training. So if that's the route you want to take, it's a possible route. There's a lot of pilots out there that have taken out loans, have paid them back over years. Um, but you really got to weigh the risks and the benefits for your situation. My situation, how I did something, is different than yours. Do not look at anybody else. Do not compare yourself to anybody else. You have to look at yourself and yourself only in the financial position that you want to put yourself in uh, down the line. Because you can go out and get a loan, go through training, get through it all, get a aviation, you know, or a, a, uh, an airline job, excuse me. And you can start paying that back. But unfortunately, when you get to that, you're not going to be making the money that's going to be required to pay that loan back and the interest. And so then you're going to have to refinance and you're going to have to do this. Now, does that happen to everybody? No, but it does happen to a lot of people and it puts them in a bind at a very young age. So at the end of the day, you have to think about yourself and yourself only. Again, do not compare yourself to anybody else. Do not compare somebody to, you know, your situation. Oh, they went out and got loans. I'm going to go do this. You, you're totally different than them. So don't think about anybody else. Think about yourself, what you want for your future and make a decision on your basically die on your sword yourself because in the end if you make the decision to do it and you default that's not anybody else's fault but yourself and you'll have to figure out a way how to get out of that but if you really are committed to being in aviation if you're committed to flying if you're committed to making it to the commercial you know commercial airlines or flying you know uh, to make money then you will you will find a way to to get that return the money return and pay off your loan. So, am I saying it's a bad thing? No. So for that individual who asked that question, I'm going to say your situation right now is very good. You don't have any responsibilities. You're living at home. Are you living paycheck to paycheck? Yep. But there's a lot of piles that have done the same thing. And unfortunately, that's just sometimes the way it has to go uh, in aviation because of the cost. But something that in the end 10 years from now when you're making good money, it's going to be totally worth it because 10 years down the line, if you're 25 and you're doing this right now, 10 years down the line, you're going to be 35 and you're going to be making money. You could have your loans paid off and you're going to be looking, you're like, man, I'm so young. I got it all paid off and I'm loving every minute of it. But that's the sacrifice you have to do if you want to take that route because there's a lot of people, a lot of young people that have taken out loans to do this and have gotten themselves into serious trouble. So make sure you think about yourself and where you want to be in the future. So that's the fixed wing side of how, you know, how you can pay for, you know, a commercial license to get out there and work in the industry. Or if you want to go to the airlines, that doesn't answer the question on the helicopter side, because I think it's really, really different. And I think in a, um, either the next episode, uh, or an upcoming episode, I'm going to get Eli on and we're going to talk about this from the helicopter side because I believe it's so much different on that side than it is um, on the fixed wing side. I mean, you could go to ATP for $56,000, you know, maybe minus the the fees uh, for check rides and you could get all the way to your CFI. Now, you want to do that on the helicopter side, you're almost looking at $100,000. So it's going to be different. It's going to be a totally different story and I can't wait to talk to Eli and get his opinion uh, on that from the helicopter standpoint. Also, if you're, you know, past active duty and you have the ability to, you know, after leaving the military service, 
uh, you have the ability to use your uh, your GI Bill, your post 9-11 GI Bill. Um, and this is something that a good friend of mine at Weaned Aviation, Matthew Dunham, I had him on um, a previous episode, and he talked about this a little bit and how he wants to help more veterans get into flying. And I don't, and maybe veterans when they're getting out, they don't know that they could use this for flight training. But there's different ways that you can. Now there's stipulations about it when you can and can't use it. But using it for flying is a possibility. So if you are a veteran and you're thinking about flying and you want to figure out a way how you can use your post-9-11 GI Bill in order to afford flying, make sure you reach out to Matt. You can find him on Instagram at winged, W-I-N-G-E-D, aviation. And he's running a really, really cool nonprofit to help more veterans get into aviation and do this for a job and a living just like he is. So I can't wait to uh, to get to the next episode when we talk about this on the helicopter side. Um, and I definitely... We'll get the uh, the opinion of Eli, and I'm also going to consult my good friend Mark Robinson, who we also had on an episode of the Ask the Ab Geek show because he's an actual chief instructor uh, out in California, so I'm going to really be intrigued to hear his opinion um, on this. So, like I said, guys, thank you so much. Uh, if you're thinking about flying and you're in the money bind, make sure you consult people. Make sure you consult your family. Make sure you consult your friends. Make sure you find correct, good flight training schools, good flight instructors before you make the plunge and you make the investment. But make sure you always remember that this is going to be an investment in you. This is not going to be an investment in anybody else. It's not an investment in your buddy. It's not an investment in everybody. This is your future. You have to want to do this and you want to have to put in the work. It's going to be a lot of work. If you if you go down the loan routes, it's going to put you in a little bit of a buying possibility and you're just going to have to, you know, put in the work to get it paid back. And that's just what it's about. But you're, you have to remember you're going to be doing something you love. So it's going to have to be the risk that you weigh. But always remember, guys, if you're in flying, you're doing something you love every day that only 1% of the population gets to do. So that's all I have for this episode on how or answering just the, the, the listener's question on what's the next thing to do to get to your commercial rating, you know, how to, how to pay for it. So if you guys have any comments, make sure you go check out the new AvGeek Chronicles Instagram at AvGeek Chronicles over on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. Can't wait to uh, get this new, new Instagram page flowing. Again, if you guys haven't gone over, make sure you go give it a follow posting about all the episodes now over there. Go give it a follow tag you know, that you're listening to the podcast, um, everything. And let us know how we can make this podcast better. Whether you do it over on Instagram, you can drop me an Instagram DM at Hodge, H O D G E underscore C H E, or you can drop a DM on the Av Geek Chronicles podcast profile at Av Geek Chronicles. And that's all I have for today, guys. Sorry we rambled, rambled on, but I think this is a really, really important subject that not too many people talk about. And it's just a subject that I think people don't, you know, they don't really think about. They don't give a lot of thought to it. And it's so important because you're really, you could be doing a disservice to yourself, setting yourself up the wrong way financially uh, if you don't really think about it. And I think some flight schools make it seem a lot easier than it really, really is. So if you have any questions, make sure you reach out to us. Make sure you reach out to another aviator because they've been in the same place. But that's all I have for you guys today. So we will see you next time on the next episode of Ab Geek Chronicles. See ya. Let's go.